Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Cooper. And I'm your co-host, Hunter Heinemann, land specialist in Missouri. Well, Hunter, I'll I tell you what, we've got a segment going here today. I, I think that uh, probably near and dear to your heart, no doubt. We're going to talk to Lance Curitan. He's one of your land agents down in the Fredericktown and Farmington area. And uh, Lance, man, good to have you on the program. This first time for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's first time. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, you betcha. We're always looking to to the land agents to find out what's going on out there in the field. You know, I'm one of these guys, I'm, sure. I'm pretty old, but I drive around a lot and look at, at super nice places. And I look for these living the dream signs. And I was down through your area just uh, actually a couple of weeks ago, headed down towards Donovan, get on the current river and chase some uh, walleye with Billy Smith, a great guide, but he bombed out on me that day. We, <laughs> we didn't catch any walleye, and then we made it worse. We uh, ran into a biologist, a fisheries biologist for the MDC, who was shocking for walleye. They couldn't even turn one up for us to take a photo of. So, <laughs> Ain't no good. Hey, it was kind of a kind of a bum day. But uh, Lance, I think Hunter's got a long list of topics here he wants to talk to you about uh, today. So I'm going to kind of let him lead the way because he's familiar with you and, and uh, of course, very familiar with Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Yeah, I'm uh, <clears throat> a little familiar with Lance. I've uh, <laughs> known him for a little bit over a year now, and um, it was pretty cool to see um, him join the company and, and make a move over and be one of uh, – probably the top five agents in the company. So that was really cool to see. Wow, um, I guess so. And, you, and he hadn't been with the company all that long. No, no. Uh, Lance, how how long have you been with the company now? I think it's just been right at a year now, Hunter. Sure, yeah. And uh, can you give us a little bit of uh, history and your, your total real estate background, like even before you joined the company, some of the things that you do in real estate maybe <clears throat> that you've done in the past and, and uh, even – that you're currently doing, uh, other than land too, you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So I started in real estate probably 25 years ago, right out of, right out of college, bought a couple of rental houses, um, continued to buy rental houses, stayed in the market as far as land, you know, we would buy land and, and, uh, split it up and sell it off before I ever become an agent. Um, about six years ago, I got my, my license, went to work for a pretty big company. Um, wasn't wasn't a fit for me and uh Daryl, the owner of living the dream outdoor properties uh reached out and uh just seemed like it was a really good fit for me and it ended up being great so well i gotta ask you last did Daryl run into you at a gas station <laughs> <laughs> mexican restaurant there you go <laughs> He, yeah, hey, I think he keeps his eyes open for possible agents, you know, and he seems to peg them uh, pretty well. I, I know of uh, one of the agents out of Licking in that area used to be a big uh, boat fisherman 
and they ran <laughs> each other at a gas station. Of course, Darrell walked right up to him, starts talking to him about his boat, and wound up hiring him as an agent. And he does extremely well. So yeah, yeah it worked out pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Lance, um, what what specific area in Missouri do you typically serve, or? You know, kind of what's your radius around the Farmington, Fredericktown area? Um, I know that's kind of where you're at, but and obviously you can sell in the whole state. But where where do you mainly kind of operate out of? Yeah, so we we focus on St. Francis County, uh, Madison County, Wayne County, Bullinger County, Iron County. Um, of course, we go further, uh, but that's our that's our cool. That's the kind of what we call what I would call our cool counties. Perfect, cool. Well, that's uh, that's a pretty wild. Country is most of that country uh, forested, wooded, or it's God's country. It's uh, <laughs> lots of hills, nice rivers. Um, you know, we've got it. We've got a mixture of some pasture and some timber. Um, we've got a lot of national forest. Uh, it's 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 just an it's just a nice part of the Missouri for sure. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So... It really, really is. I love driving down there. I'm originally through the Missouri. Uh, from the Missouri boot hill left there after high school. Of course, I live up in hills now. I love the hills too, but it's always fun to drive down through the Ozarks, man. I go a different mm-hmm. direction about every time I, I go. But, uh, yeah, well, what, what's the biggest river you got down that area? Is it uh, Current River? You, are you, uh, we're we're a little bit uh, east of that. So the St. Francis River, um, the Castor River would be our two main rivers that, that's going to, uh, the Black River um, in Iron County, uh, but those would be the three main rivers that that I would deal with in our core county. Well, I, I know a little we, bit about. We all... definitely travel to the to, yeah. the to the current river eight times. So. Right. Well, I know a little bit about all three of those rivers, and I know you can catch a good smallmouth bass out of them. So, hey, if that helps the real estate uh, business, mentioning smallmouth bass, be sure and send me a percentage check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, I know you've, uh, Lance, have been in it for a long time and have a lot of knowledge in in the real estate business. Um, but I was wondering if you could talk, too, a little bit about, like, what what the switch has been like and, and kind of how uh, living the dream and land leader cooperating together uh, can help make that difference. Yeah. So, I mean, really the first thing that I could say about that is living the dream and land leader is awesome. Um I worked with a, I'm not going to name any names, but a pretty high, high clout uh, real estate agency that what I call is glitter and glamour. Um, and that, you know, you know, I received seven or eight leads over a five year period. I receive 10 to 15 leads per listing now and, and, and they sell. Um, and that's the biggest plus that I've seen uh, with Living a Dream as far as is, is helping our sellers and our clients. Great. And uh, yeah, like, you know, you made a, a pretty big jump in your business from before to now, which was really cool to see. But I was wondering if you could share a little bit uh, about kind of your area in general, and you can name some counties if you want, or just kind of however you would like to do it. But, you know, what what is kind of the snapshot picture in your area of what the market is doing right now? Um, and then maybe kind of an average of what the ground is, is going for, like timber ground maybe as opposed to a riverfront piece or uh, cattle mm-hmm. farm. So, you know, through the holidays, it was a little bit slow. In the last month, we began to get busy, very busy again. Um, so, you know, Madison County, Wayne County, Iron County, those core counties kind of had the same uh, 
same diversity in, in pricing. Uh, you know, timber ground is going to be $2,500 depending on the timber. You know, there's going to be a variation of $500 either way. Um, it's just, a lot of it depends on the timber. Um, a lot of riverfront properties that are, you know, bringing really good money depending on, you know, access and stuff like that. Pasture land in Madison and Iron and Wayne, same thing, probably 2750 to 4000 depending on what you have. Uh, if you move in the St. Francis County, you're going to, you're going to move up quite a bit, maybe in the six to $8,000 range for livestock pasture. Uh, and then, you know, 3,500 to 4,000 on the timber side. So on the river properties, I mean, do you think it'd be in that probably four to five range an acre? Oh man, it depends on access. I mean, it could be, I mean, we're, you know, we've seen some comps just the other day for 65,000 on the Castor River that was a half an acre. That's so, crazy. Wow. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Wow. That, that's pretty incredible. But uh, we all know people like to be next to the water. You know, that's always the premium when it comes to outdoor recreation land. Man, you've got streams, ponds, lakes that always help with that uh, price per acre. But, boy, it's it's been crazy. Everybody wants, you know, a great second home or outdoor piece of property. And uh, I've been uh, associated with Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. They tried to get me to sell real estate, but I convinced them I wouldn't be very good at it. <laughs> they didn't talk to me very long. <laughs> I'm better at talking doing podcasts. I am selling selling real estate, you know. But uh, now, Lance, I I need some help out of you. I've uh, been working with these guys for gosh, I don't know, three or four years now. I do a lot of writing for them, that sort of thing. But I think one thing that would really help sell these outdoor properties quickly. I've been an outdoor writer for 52 years. You know, I've had a very enjoyable career. But I sincerely believe. These larger properties, you know, that's really got deer and good deer and turkey hunting, out, all that sort of thing. If they let me hunt those properties and then write stories about it, I think it'd help them sell quicker. But I haven't been able to talk them into that. <laughs> at all. Oh, Daryl Hyman, I said, man, all you got to do is give me keys to the place, you know. He he keeps saying, he's he's never he's never backed up one step. Oh, his motto is, no keys for Bill. <laughs> no keys for Bill. Uh, well, Bill, he's he's the boss, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to say. Yeah, that's that's the bottom line, I guess. But I can never get anybody that's brave enough to side with me. You know, <laughs> in fact, I, the first uh, they have these annual conventions and meetings. I just had one a month or so ago. I went to the very first one and I announced this philosophy of mine right at uh, uh, the first meeting I was at and was able to speak. You know. So, I think this is a great idea. In fact, I, I just uh, presented it to the, the agents like Daryl had already approved it, you know. Well, they knew him a lot better than, than me. And one guy just immediately jumped up and said, Bill Cooper, that's BS. <laughs> <laughs> so I've gotten absolutely nowhere with that, with that idea. I'll have to come up with a new idea, I guess. Hey, uh, Lance, another question, um, you know, since you've been in the real estate market so long and and you know i'm sure you're kind of hearing the same story of course i'm maybe two hours uh west of you but you know everybody seems to be <clears throat> kind of hear the same thing well you know prices are so high how can i buy and this and that and you just talked about you know half acre on the on the river being sixty five thousand dollars you know it seems crazy but i mean can you talk a little bit about in your time in real estate like why you can't really go wrong with buying land? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, last time I checked, it's never depreciated. Um, been doing it a long time, and you know, you may hit a stagnant point, but if you start looking back over my last twenty-five years, I can't go back any further than that. Um, there has not been a depreciation in real estate that I've ever seen. Right, and even though, like right now, you know, people are—they've said, "Well, interest rates are up." Well, you know, again, I just—they were pretty—they're pretty much back to normal from where they were before we saw the crazy mm-hmm. stuff with COVID. So that's great. Is there um, a specific property that you have coming available soon, or one listed right now that you might want to talk about and and tell us a little bit about? Yeah, so we've got a really good listing. Um, it's on the St. Francis River, overlooking the river. Uh, it's a two-bedroom, one-bath cabin. Um, it's got great views. Uh, you know, it, a lot of places in that, a lot of people in that area, they actually will Airbnb them if you're looking for something that, that, that needs to have a little income base if you're going to, you know, use it as a part-time weekend deal to supplement, you know, some of the expenses. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a really cool place and a really good, cool part of the river. And I know it very well, so we'd be happy to show anybody. It'll be on the market in a couple of weeks. So. And uh, do you guys have a price picked out for that one yet? Um, we're still working on the details on that. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, it's going to be in the, you know, mid to upper 200000 Sounds pretty good. <laughs> it sounds sound like a beautiful, wonderful place. Well, Lance, add, add this to your note. Uh, whoever buys that place, if they want a story done about it, tell them to get a hold of Bill Cooper. No, <laughs> oh, that's awesome, yeah. Sh- shameless promotion. <laughs> Always looking good. for a new place to, to hunt and fish. Well, Lance, uh, uh, any more questions for Lance? Uh, if if uh, somebody needs to get a hold of you to, to get in contact with you about one of your listings or one, wants to look at them, how do they get a hold of you, Lance? Yeah, so uh, my cell phone number is uh, 573-561-4400. Of course, always go to livingthedreamland.com. Um, look at all of our properties. Uh, and then my email is lance at livingthedreamland.com. Hey, good deal. Uh, lance, appreciate you being on the program. And I want to tell you, and like for listeners, hear this as well, uh, I'm a writer for Drury's DeerCast, and every article that I post usually do about five per month, and uh, I have a tag at the end of every article, and if you punch on that tag, it goes directly to Land Leader, Living the Dream, Outdoors Properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's that re- awesome. real awesome. Well, thanks so much for uh, being with us, Lance. I hope you won't be a stranger. And folks, don't go away. This is just the first segment. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to be talking to a handicapped hunter. I'm Bill Cooper. Slow down and enjoy the simple things in life. Welcome to Huzal Valley Resort, providing family fun since 1979. They offer floating, and you can choose from canoes, rafts, kayaks, and inner tubes on the beautiful, crystal clear Huzal River. Lodging, let us be your home away from home. Choose from a variety of lodging units while still enjoying the great outdoors. With over two and a half miles of river camping on the crystal clear Huzal, we're sure you and your family will find the perfect spot to pitch your tent or park your RV. Have fun and let us help you get the most of your stay. Check out our guided trail rides and Karen's Cafe menu. 
There's something for everyone at Who's All. There's a campground store on site that has everything you need for your trip. Whether you're in need of gear, grub, or something else, chances are they've got it. And their campground has RV sites and primitive sites for all your camping needs. If you like the adventures of camping with a cozy bed at night, we have a variety of different lodging units to choose from. But Who's All Valley, there's always something going on out there. Check them out on Facebook, or if you want to make a reservation, simply call 1-800-367-4516. Captain Brian Wilson runs one of the tightest bow fishing operations in the business. Stainwater Bow Fishing operates out of Jerome, Missouri, and the beautiful Missouri Ozarks. They cover most Ozark streams and lakes. You haven't lived until you've searched Ozark waters during the night with Stainwater Bow Fishing while looking for giant gar, carp, and buffalo. Captain Wilson also runs a second boat on Tanicomo Lake. Call today to book a trip with Stainwater Bow Fishing at 573 263 8016. Again, that's 573 263 8016. Be sure and shoot straight. Hi, this is Nick Darling with the Conservation Federation of Missouri. Our mission at CFM is to ensure conservation of Missouri's wildlife and natural resources and preservation of our state's rich outdoor heritage through advocacy, education, and partnerships. We will be hosting Conservation Day at the Capitol on Wednesday, April 5th. This is a great opportunity to meet with your elected officials and let them know about the important issues facing Missouri's natural resources. This is also a great chance to learn more about how the Missouri legislator works. We will even have a live bald eagle at the Capitol that day. To learn more about Conservation Day at the Capitol and how you can be involved or to become a member of TFN, visit our website at confedmo.org. Again, that's confedmo.org. It's time for Conservation Notes with Missouri Department of Conservation Deputy Director Aaron Jeffries. Hi, this is Aaron Jeffries with the Missouri Department of Conservation. Hey, I want to talk to you today a little bit about conservation areas here around the state. How many of you all knew that you had 1,000 conservation areas for you to explore, to hunt, to bike ride, to camp and, and enjoy? 300 boat accesses, 70 public shooting ranges, 15 nature centers, and hundreds and hundreds of miles of biking and hiking and horseback trails here in the state would encourage you to go online, download the Mo Outdoors app that will provide you access, or go to the department's webpage, mdc.mo.gov, and look up for a conservation area close to you so you can get out and enjoy the great outdoors. Steve Stoltz is a world-class turkey hunter. Here's this week's turkey hunting tip. Hi, I'm Steve Stoltz with Woodhaven Custom Calls, Matteo Camouflage, and Drury Outdoors. My turkey tip for the week this week is adjust to changes in the breeding cycle. Um, so many hunters, get you kind of get marred into the same routine 
uh, hunt a turkey from the roost, uh, try and get one roosted. Well, that all helps. But sometimes you have to change your tactics depending on what the breeding cycle is. For instance, early season, the woods are wide open. Turkeys aren't quite with the hens yet. Uh, they're, they're still established and dominant. You may want to, to use tactics such as using a, a gobbler decoy in your strategy, such as using gobbler sound uh, to, to invite him over to, to maybe want to establish dominance with you uh, instead of just hen sounds. Uh, the other thing you want to do early in the season, of course, is pay attention to how close you get to them on the roost. It's wide open, and you're going to be you're going to have to adjust that uh, distance between you and where you set up because it's wide open. Later on in the spring, they start getting hend up. You've got to adjust your hunting tactics to a hend up gobbler. They're not going to gobble as much, so you have to be better at getting and locate getting them located and location sounds such as crow calling, owl hooting, and actually using incorporating an aluminum call, which is what I do, aluminum friction call, to get them located, which is puts that higher pitch out there. And then you have later in the season where it gets heavier foliage and they're harder to hear, and they're actually closer than you think they are because there's more foliage. Uh, there's all kinds of different tactics that you, you'll have to change your hunting tactics to become more successful as the season changes throughout the spring. That's my turkey tip for the week. I'm Steve Stoltz. Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I'm Bill Cooper. And I'm Hunter Heinemann, your co-host. Hey, we've had a great time, Hunter. And I tell you what, what we've got a real special segment coming up. It's not every day that we get to uh, talk this kind of stuff. But on a program with us now is Nate Davis. And Nate is a handicapped hunter, duck hunter, deer hunter, deer hunter. And I know he fishes because I just saw a video of him cutting up in a boat. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't fall out of the boat, you know. Hey, you do know, Nate, if he fell out of the boat in that wheelchair, you'd have sunk right to the bottom. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I understand you and Hunter have been, uh, Hunter Hyman have been friends for quite some time, and I feel like I'm almost intruding here because you guys are, are close friends. You hunt together and that's, that sort of thing. But I'm, I'm really intrigued by this story uh, about the two of you and hunter i'm just gonna let you pick it up here and you you can pick his brain because sure. you know the questions to ask <laughs> yeah yeah no me and i think me and native known each other since i was in college down at um, missouri state um through one of my other friends and that's how we met and uh came down to to hang out with him and and then of course i was in that friend group so that's kind of i guess where it all started and honestly it's been I can't believe it's been like six six years. I think uh, you know that that happened. So I don't re honestly remember if I was twenty two or three, but it was somewhere in there. And <clears throat> we just kind of never stopped hanging out, never stopped talking, and doing everything, even though we live a couple hours away from each other. Yeah, it's been pretty cool to kind of watch him hunt in the field and <laughs> and go about it his way, and then you know have him call me up and, and tell me his stories when he went out and did it without me and, and everything like that. So uh, it's been good and a good friendship, and it's just been pretty cool. So it definitely gives me a different uh, perspective on, <clears throat> you know, where I'm at and how thankful I should be for my situation because he's even more thankful 
than I probably am. Yeah, uh, exactly. But I, I got to ask you, uh, a bit very nosy here, but were you guys friends prior to Nate's accident or not? Uh, no, we were, we were not, I believe. Um, Nate, you can kind of talk a little bit about that, like, uh, you know, how you <clears throat> got in the situation that you're in currently. Yeah, uh, so I think we've actually, it was about four or five years ago uh, that I met Hunter down at uh, yeah. college. And there's some, like you said, there's some mutual friends. Um, so I, I've actually been, uh, I've been disabled five years now. Um, and you're how old now? I am 25. 25, you're still just a pup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, uh, as far as that, like five years ago, I had a, a car wreck. Uh, me and my buddy were on our way home. We hit black ice, um, ended up losing control and crashing. Um, my buddy got ejected through the driver's side window. Uh, he broke his back in five places and shifted shoulder blade. Um, I was upside down, drunk in gasoline with car smoking. Um, wow. I got airlifted with a femur fracture. And then when I got to the hospital, I had uh, 33 broken bones. I spent 16 days ICU. Uh, I had five surgeries and spent six months in the hospital. So it's definitely been a long journey as far as that. Wow, that's that's an incredible story. You're uh, <laughs> you're fortunate to be a, be alive. I spent some time in Southeast yes, Asia and saw uh, wounds that were uh, much less than that. But guys didn't you know didn't make it. Uh, sometimes yeah. it's amazing. A very what seems like a minor injury can get serious very quickly depending on the situation where you are. And then an individual like you goes through a horrible accident like this and lives through it. So, Yeah, definitely fortunate for that. <laughs> absolutely, and it has to change your perspective on life. Yeah, what, um, that's, a, that's a kind of a good talking point. Um, what's, your, what's your perspective like? You know, you used to hunt before the accident. How and now you still hunt after the perspective, but how has or you still hunt after? But how has that changed um, your perspective on you know the outdoor hunting lifestyle? Um. So I mean, starting off as far as that, like I, I did struggle a little bit in the beginning. Um, the the hardest part when you have something traumatic is accepting it um, and not blaming others for what has happened. I didn't have anybody to blame you know um my parents actually lived on a lake uh and my grandfather bought a tractor for me and that has really helped gain a lot of independence um mm. hunting and fishing have always been a huge hobby of mine um and that definitely helped me cope with a lot of the, the trauma that i was going through um it was more of a, a release um from stuff that was going on more than anything right well cool uh <clears throat> so what um what's your favorite kind of hunting to do then um it could be anything um but what's your favorite thing to go hunt for um i i would say we do a annual trip to some family property up in nebraska and do a pleasant hunt i would probably say that is my favorite thing to hunt mostly because you're moving around and you don't really have to be quiet which i tend to have an issue with yeah <laughs> but honestly i'd love to hunt everything anything from deer to turkey um 
Maybe like some Dove, coy- like Dove, coyotes. <laughs> coyotes, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Do that coyotes, well. yeah. <laughs> When, when, when the pheasant hunting, Colorado. <laughs> yeah, yeah. with the pheasant hunting, are you? What kind of dogs are you hunting behind? Uh, we uh, up there, we have a lot of uh, GSPs, German Shorthairs. Oh, um, great dogs! We tend to run probably seven, eight dogs up there. Wow, with about ten guys. Um, so it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, oh, we've I, been doing that. I've been doing it since I was thirteen, and we go every year. So. And that's an annual trip. Yeah, it's uh, my great uncle owns some property up there, and I I think the only year that I haven't done it since I was thirteen was when COVID started. Yeah. Uh, we didn't do it that year, but it's nice because it's family based um, and a couple family friends, so you, we're not just going to a, a random outfitter for it. So, so what do you uh, what do you think your biggest hunting accomplishment has been? Like, what's the coolest thing you've you've shot so far? Um, as far as that, um, I think one of the, the best things personally, like overcoming stuff, um, I shot my first deer with a compound bow. I actually got it through dad. Yes. Um, that was, that was a big moment for me just in general. Um, there's, there's kind of a, I wouldn't say stigma, but crossbows have always been known for disabled hunters, even though they let anybody use them now. <laughs> Um, and being able to still hunt with a compound bow, I took a lot of pride in that, um, because it is definitely difficult for me to do. Um, I do, that, re- that do remember really that, that deer did not run very far at all. No, no, that was a, I couldn't have asked for a better shot and almost shot my first turkey that, uh, that afternoon. <laughs> right. Wow. Well, man, that sounds like a pretty exciting hunt. Of course, I'm old enough. Uh, I have to use a crossbow. I'm not real fond of the things, but uh, I was using them back when you had to get the handicap permit to do so. And then everybody, you know, all my buddies poke fun at me. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, you know that. You know how that goes. But I do love those crossbows, though, because they keep me in the game. And uh, you may know this, but the average bow hunter drops out using the compounds, 39 years old, uh, because they develop shoulder problems, elbow problems, and that sort of thing. So it, it's good to see the crossbows on the scene because it keeps people in there longer and in the game longer and brought a lot of women and young ladies in into the sport as well. So, hey, I'm all for them now. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for inclusion as far as that. I just Being able to do it while I can, you know, uh, still using a, a compound while I can, you know. You betcha. More part two. Do you pump iron to get the muscles ready for that? Yeah, yeah. Not here lately. I've gotten a little lazy. <laughs> well, Hunter came into my house. I won't say what he smelled like, but he'd just been to the gym, you know, doing his workout. So I don't know what he's getting ready for. <laughs> Life. <laughs> yeah. Coyote hunting this weekend, I think. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Nick's yeah. going to come down and do a little bit of that, and that should be a blast. So we got a couple good spots to to go and picked out so i'm excited for that but uh what um you just recently um not too long ago i think it was like last fall shot a elk in colorado didn't you yeah we went up to uh over by grand junction colorado to a a family friend's ranch and me and my dad were able to bull shoot um an elk out there so that was really cool yeah well that is that is cool uh, I've only been elk hunting two or three times, and 
Oh, I, I got to write a book about the mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean? I, I'm glad we had guides because otherwise I wouldn't have known what to do other than to pull the trigger, you know? <laughs> yeah, but all great fun, man. Well, you guys uh, have quite a history and I understand together and I understand that you guys waterfowl hunt together yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> we've done that a couple times some some successful and some not so successful <laughs> who does the calling who's the better caller you two <laughs> uh that would be hunter when he's not goofing off with the calls i just shoot a bird <laughs> yeah nate just shoots all the birds and i just goof off on the call <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I'd like to be. He a likes fo- to shoot them again after they're dead. Oh, is that falling out of the sky? <laughs> yeah, after after Nate already shot them and they're falling. Yeah, that's when I shoot them. You, oh, they're but, easier. Yeah, I'd like to be a fly like on a the wall in the trophy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your favorite type of duck to hunt? Honestly, I I don't have a favorite type of duck to hunt. Uh, I just started duck hunting a couple years ago. Uh-huh. I don't really get to go. Oh, I see. You're one of those guys. Twice if, a year, so <laughs> if it, you're one of those guys. If it flies, it dies. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> if I if they tell me to shoot, I shoot. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Well, you guys uh, did all this uh, hunting and fishing, that sort of thing. I found out over the decades that guys that hunt and fish are usually pretty decent cooks. Uh, who's the better cook? Yes. Yeah. In camp, <laughs> I don't know. We'll probably find out this weekend. <laughs> you, oh, you're gonna eat that coyote? Oh, no, he's uh, he's bringing some of uh, I think that elk over and uh, oh some pheasants my gosh! And uh, then what, we'll what's the address of this coyote? Huh? I'm not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, elk. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm we'll just that. give you the address to a library so you can read about uh, cooking wild game. Oh well, thank you. I, 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 I'll, I'll just inform you. I have my own wild game cookbook I produced in 1999. That did, did wow, pretty okay. well. It's called an Outdoor Celebrities Cookbook. Yeah, with a lot of the big well, celebrities from across the country. Pretty good elk recipes in there too. But you guys have been so mean to me. I'm not going to share them with you. <laughs> <laughs> hope, hope your elk tastes like tar paper. You know. <laughs> so, uh, Nate, you kind of mentioned a little bit. Um, like this weekend, you're going to be bringing your your uh, tank chair or your track chair. Can you? What's the name of that thing? And you know, can you explain a little bit how that thing works, or maybe where somebody else that's disabled could uh, find one or or get one? Yeah. So uh, the the guy that originally started the company, I think it was up in Minnesota. Uh, his wife, him and his wife, lived on a, a ranch. Uh, she had a spinal cord injury, and he had some experience with uh, snowmobiles and some welding and made a prototype for her so that she could oh. still do stuff on the ranch. Um, so the, the company is called Midwest um, Action Track Chair. It basically will go anywhere. I have yet yeah. to get that thing stuck, and it is a huge – gives a lot of independence getting back into the outdoors. I do know that Missouri uh, Department of Conservation bought, I want to say, 12 different chairs. Uh, 12 different um, track chairs for disabled hunters. Like if they were to go on a managed hunt or that kind of stuff, they can use them. Wow. Uh, and there's also a, a group called um, Missouri Disabled Sportsman Association. They just bought, they've got, I think, seven or eight chairs that they have. Um, and they do a lot of different sponsored hunts and have people that can go with you if you want to hunt. And they can 
arrange using those chairs for the hunts as well. Well, that, I, I got to tell you, I had the pleasure uh, this year, back in September or October, I was working with the National Deer Association, and we held, as far as I can determine, the first ever uh, deer hunt. It was a crossbow hunt for a nursing home. Hmm. Our oldest really? Our oldest hunter was 91 years old, and the guy was deadly. He had been a NRA instructor, and he fired three bolts at 20 yards. They were touching. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> yeah, per, pretty incredible hunt. So I, I thought you would enjoy that story. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, you're never too old to get in the woods. <laughs> Boy, that's, yeah. that's there's a, a fact. Well, there's a way. That's a fact. Yeah, yeah. that uh, tank chairs pretty fun every now and then nate says hey can you give me a hand with that and roll that thing off the ramp on the back of the truck and then i get on there and take off (laughs) (laughs) yeah after i do some other things when it tilts back all the way kind of freaks me out a little bit but that thing does go anywhere it's been in the what the backwater farms in the water and a couple inches of water and up hills and everything it's pretty cool was it battery operated is that how they operate yeah Yeah. Very cool. the battery up and then... Well, you know, at 74 out. years old, I do think about things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last thing I kind of got here for you, another question I thought would be a good one to end on. Um, do you have any other advice that you would give to uh, other disabled people? Just as far uh, as like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as that, honestly... It's easy to get in a slump and get unmotivated um, as far as, you know, doing your hobbies or stuff like that. Um, I, I think the, the biggest change that I've had is, like, I, I still do most of the same things that I do or I did prior. Um, you just find a new way to do them. Um, right. You know, just keep trying. Uh, don't give up right away. Give yourself a couple tries. You're gonna fall. You're gonna you're gonna fail, but you got to keep pushing through. Right. Um, it's it's all and there's a lot of resources out there as far as getting disabled hunters out in the woods. I mean, you you don't even have to ever hunted before. You know, I mean, anybody right. can can put in for an application um, and get out in the woods and start hunting. Great. Yeah, I think that's pretty good advice for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give up. Uh, well, yeah. it is, but, uh, of course, uh, Nate, I know in your situation, uh, boy, it's got to be tough for people. And I actually, during my college years, I have a bachelor's degree in park management, a master's in outdoor education. I actually studied, took a course in therapeutic recreation, thinking I was going to go into therapeutic recreation. But my bottom line was, after I worked for the United Cerebral Palsy at a summer camp one time, it was tough. It was real tough, yeah. and I wasn't tough enough to handle all that on a full-time basis, so I kind of went a different direction. Then I wound up with a handicapped son for 11 years, and I was very, very thankful that I had a little bit of training that I had. But, uh, Nate, gosh, man, uh, I'm almost envious in some respects, you know, some of the places you get to hunt, some of the people you get to hunt with. See, Daryl Hyman has given you a key, it sounds like, to some place, <laughs> and I still don't have a key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you just told me never give up so i'm still <laughs> there you go yeah yeah maybe eventually <laughs> yeah, yeah. hey never never hurts to 
keep having a plan, you know. Well, guys, it has really been fun. I almost hate to wrap, wrap this segment up. But uh, folks, from Hunter Hyman and myself, Bill Cooper, and Nate Davis, hey, we are living our outdoor dreams. We encourage you to get outdoors and do the same. We'll see you next time. Bass fishing on the Lake of the Ozarks. Look no further than Big Ed's guide service right there on Lake of the Ozarks. Big Ed Franco has been fishing on Lake of the Ozarks most of his life and has been guiding for almost two decades. I've fished with Big Ed and had a great time. He's a lot of fun and certainly knows where the bass live. You can call Big Ed to make a reservation at 573-692-6710 or go to BigEdsGuideService.com. And on the flip side of his business card is Bass and Baskets. That's a bed and breakfast that he and his wife, Deb, also run right on the banks of Lake of the Ozarks. You have a beautiful place to stay, great meals, beautiful outdoor decor, and you can walk right out the front door, get on Ed's bass boat, and head out to fish. You can call for the bed and breakfast at 573-692-6737 or look them up at BassandBaskets.com. Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, where it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Daryl Hyman and crew out of Cuba, Missouri, dedicated to finding you the outdoor property that you've dreamed about all your life, or if you've got one you need to sell, they'll be happy to take care of that and hook you up with a great outdoor customer as well. These guys are famous for getting, listing, and selling some of the finest properties in the Midwest. So be sure and get a hold of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. And you could find them at this, I love this, catchy phone number. 1-800-BUY-DIRT. Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. The Living the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. The Fly Rod Journals. SmokerBuilder.com. Cowtown, USA. Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stained Water Bowfishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters, Kaufman Cove, Alaska, Big Ed's Guide Service, Bean Creek Game Calls, Misty Mountain Guide Service, ASO Guides and Outfitters with Ryan Walker, On the Hook TV, and Rich's Famous Burgers. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. 
Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.